0: Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Stevie Wonder and Superstition, one of my all-time favourites and one track I used to play a lot back in the 90s. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers and I'm Elliot Moss. And Jazz Shapers is, of course, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. My business shaper today is James Reed, and he is the founder... Sorry. My business shaper. I've met two founders before. My business shaper today is James Reed, and he is the chairman of the Reed Group of companies, specialising, as I'm sure you know, in the world of recruitment. You'll be hearing lots of pearls of wisdom from James, that I can promise you. In addition to hearing from James, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Michgonderay. Some words of advice for your business, and on top of all of that, if that isn't enough, some great music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Nina Simone, Fats Waller, and this from Otis Redding. I ain't going That was the Chain Gang from Otis Redding. This is Jazz Shapers, and as I said, my business shaper today is James Reed, and he is the chairman of the Reed Group of companies specialising in recruitment. James, thank you very much for joining me. Now, from your name, people may detect that there is a family link, and indeed there is. Your father was the founder of the business in the sixties. Is that right? That's right.
1: Morning, Elliot. Uh, my father, Alec Reed, set up the business in Hounslow in 1960 originally with £75 that he took out of his then pension fund at the age of 26. And it's grown organically since then, and it's remained a family business for 54 years now.
0: Wow. And
1: and turnover now? It's over a billion pounds globally. Um, Most of our business, though, is still in the UK. And numbers of people around 3,000? That's right. We have 3,000 people in the business. We call them co-members and members of the team. And, um, And... We have a fantastic team. Our business is all built around people. They're our
0: completely number one priority. Uh, And in terms of, obviously, for you, you were not in the family business for a while. You had life before family business. But I imagine, even before we talk about the work, it's very hard when you're growing a business as as a parent, I imagine, for the children not to be deeply involved. As a child and as a young adult, do you remember feeling the weight of the family business around you, if not personally, but for your father?
1: It never felt like a weight. I must say it was always it was always a very important part of our lives. And I grew up with the business, really. Uh, I didn't work in it, but I used to go and visit my dad in the office. Um, people who were there when I joined 20 years ago, uh, remember me in short trousers sort of thing. So it was an, it was it was felt like an extension of the family. Really, it was a very friendly um, dynamic place, and, and and it was a place I felt very
0: comfortable in. Now, obviously, um, it wasn't a case of well, there's going to be a job for this this person, uh, regardless because his name is Reed. You went off and did PPE at Oxford. You followed that with an MBA at Harvard. Was education a very important part anyway of the family? I mean, was it was it, was there a sense of this was something that you were going to do? Well, I think it's very interesting. My, my my father and
1: mother didn't go to university. Um, my dad went to a grammar school in Hounslow. Um, he, he taught himself accountancy at night school. And I think education was very important to my parents because they could see the value of it, really, because in a, in a sense they hadn't been been exposed to it. And, um, and I, I suppose he sort of drummed into me, oh, well, you should go to the best universities if you can. And, and that became an early goal. And I'm very glad I did because I learned a lot and, and, and made lots of fantastic connections. Um, education, I think, is is really important because you can take it anywhere with you and it's with you for always. And so you know, I always stress that to my children. Education is a very important thing. That any parent can
0: promote and encourage. And, and I'm glad that my parents did. You'll be hearing a lot from my business shaper James Reed, and about what he did with that education, which is pretty phenomenal. Time for some music. This is Nina Simone with Mister Bojangles.
1: I knew a man, Bojangles, and he
0: danced for you. In worn-out shoes, with silver hair, a ragged shirt, and baggy pants, the old soft. He jumped so
1: high,
0: jumped that was Nina Simone with Mr. Bo Jangles. James Reed is my business shape today, chairman of the Reed group of companies, and we've been hearing a little bit about uh, the importance of education in his family, and I'm sure he's passing that on to his children. I'm sure that's that's where you will, will go with that. Before life before the family business, did you always know you'd go into it, truthfully? Uh, No, is the answer to that. I mean,
1: I've always been interested in business. And and when I left university, I wanted to work for an entrepreneur. And I rang up or wrote to a number of entrepreneurs. And and I was very lucky because Anita Roddick, who had founded The Body Shop, um, picked up my CV and called and said, will you come for an interview? So I was able my first proper job really was working for a fantastic entrepreneur who was building The Body Shop at that time in an incredibly dynamic way. And I learned a huge amount from working with Anita and her husband, Gordon Roddick. And and that was a, a really good start for me in my business career. And they were very encouraging. I knew though that I wanted to either run my own business or go into the family business. Um, and so I, I got more experience then working in the advertising industry. I worked for Saatchi and Saatchi in the 1980s, which was also an incredible place to learn because there was so much happening there then before going on to business school in the States. And um, it wasn't a fate accompli joining the family business, but when my father got to 60, he said to me, you know, James, you know, there's not much point having a family business if there isn't anyone in the family in it. And, you know, I'm getting to the age where I have to think about these things. And um, that I'd been sitting on the fence for some time. Did you know the chat was coming? Uh, well, it had been coming off and on. And, and he yeah. said, you know, there are a couple of jobs and I was sort of sitting on the fence because I was working at the BBC at that point and I, and I was enjoying my job there. And And he said one Saturday, "You know that job that I've been talking to you about is going to be in the Sunday Times appointment section next week. Do you want to apply or not?" <laughs> and that sort of got me off the fence, and I decided at that time that I would join him and he, and he said something interesting. he said, "You know what, there aren't that many rides in the fairground, and if, if you've got the opportunity to get on a ride in the fairground, you should think about it and, and you and fancied I'm, the ride." Yeah, the ride looked pretty, pretty exciting. But what I was fearful of, you know, being very honest with you was following him. Hmm. Because, you know, he was a very successful entrepreneur who'd set up this business and and, um, he was well loved in the business. So following him was no sort of mean feat. And I was worried of failure, really, that sort of fear of failure, which had probably kept me on the fence longer than it should have done.
0: And um, that was an early lesson. Hear lots more from my fascinating business shaper, James Reid, the chairman of the Reed Group of Businesses. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. Before that, some words of wisdom for your business, from programme partners at Mishkondurea.
2: Hello, my name is Derville Walsh. I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishkondurea. I specialise in banking disputes, predominantly working for borrowers or customers who have issues with their banks or difficulties with their banks. Two practical tips I would give to all customers who engage with their banks are, one, firstly, when starting a relationship with the bank, uh, particularly when securing funding, it's absolutely critical for borrowers to get professional help, whether it's from accountants or lawyers, to ensure that the terms of any lending are not very, very disadvantageous from the borrower's perspective and advantageous from the perspective of the bank. A second tip I would give to all customers or borrowers dealing with banks is to take notes of all sorts of communications or any engagement with the bank. In some cases, people have good relationships with their relationship manager and it can be relatively informal, so a lot can be done on the phone. In any situation where the bank gives an undertaking or makes a promise and that is communicated by a relationship manager over the phone – that should be documented by the borrower slash customer, so that if there is a situation in the future where there is a dispute about that, that record can be produced and it can remo- remove all doubt as to what was or wasn't agreed.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Rea It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, you can catch all the shows on iTunes, if you've missed any of them, there's over hundred fantastic business shapers in there. Or if you are perusing ft.com, you'll also find a selection of the shows. Or if you're in the air with British Airways, you will also find some of the shows on High Life. James Reed is my business shaper today. He is the chairman of the Reed Group of companies, and as you were hopefully hearing earlier, the son of the founder. Um, and we were talking about following in the steps of your father. Um, Earlier, And the fact, very honestly, you said that there was a fear of failure. Do you think that fear of failure has driven you um, for part of your, your journey through the family business? Did it stop at some point when you realised I can do this? Did it stop when you realised you were enjoying the, 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 the event at the fair, as it were? Well, I think a degree of
1: insecurity is probably no bad thing. And, and, and I still have that, definitely. Whether it, I define it as a fear of failure, I'm not sure. But I think that spurs you on. And um, it was very important to me to um, be successful and to be seen to be successful in terms of running the business in my own right. And the the career I'd had up to the time I joined was helpful in the sense that I'd achieved things in my own right and and, and had some confidence around that. But the the important thing I I think in, in business is to make decisions. And if fear of failure prevents you from making decisions, then that's hopeless. Because one of the things I've learned is uh, as long as you're making decisions, you might make a wrong decision, but you can always make another decision to correct it Mm. um, or attempt to correct it. And I think it's the sort of paralysis that can come from fear of failure, if you like. That's the most damaging thing.
0: You were were very young when you were made uh, chief executive 20 years ago in Mm. 1994. Um, Was there a sense that you really were thrown in at the deep end or did you feel capable beyond beyond that the the kind of emotional feeling was there a sense that well I can do this I'm a bright person I've got experience well at that time um, uh, we were
1: a public company so there was quite a lot of scrutiny and interest around you know a family business appointing me at the time as chief exec and 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 not unreasonably really but at least I'd I'd had the educational background and the experience uh, some of it within the business to justify it, and really, I was very lucky because the the mid 1990s were a very exciting time to be in business because the economy was growing again. There were lots of new developments, you had mobile telecoms, you had the internet emerging, there was all sorts of new opportunities arising, so I, I was able to ride that wave, I suppose, and timing is very important, you know business like comedy, timing is very important. you know you want to get in and get out at the right time.
0: Beyond the business, though, or rather as an extension of the business, I think it, it feels like the Reed family, as they relate to business, have a strong set of values. You talked before about co-members, not employees. Um, I'm aware. I believe that you were one of the first private companies to get involved with the government with a kind of the, the, the back to work campaigns way back in the uh, the late nineties. Is that true? Are there? I mean, every business says we have very strong values, but do does the business live its values? I really hope so.
1: And um, the the values that we have are held dear to our heart and and my father is an entrepreneur but he's also a philanthropist and you know, when he started the business he was also working in the evenings for a drugs charity and um, today because of a gift that he made the, the business is 20% owned by the Charitable Foundation. So we like to say that one day a week we're working for charity and we've used that that, that foundation to seed fund and start a lot of other charities. So, it is an unusual business in that respect. And I think it's because it's a family and, and, and those things are important to us, you know, that we're, we play an active part in the community, not just commercially, but also socially.
0: That's brilliant, isn't it? Not many businesses can say that they do that one day a week straight <laughs> to the Chaswell Foundation rather than a bit at the edges. Fantastic stuff. Stay with me for more from my business shaper, James Reed. Time for some music in the meantime. This is Fat Swaller and Honeysuckle Rose. That was Fats and Honeysuckle Rose. James, um, we were talking before about, um, as you you said, one day a week we go and work for charity. Thinking about the pointy changes in the world of business and jumping from, from the charitable side to the hard end of the business for a moment. Obviously the explosion of work that is driven by the web has fundamentally changed any business, but especially the recruitment business where access to information, changing opportunities are delivered now at the speed of sound. By the time that the thing's been posted, 18,000 people over many years have applied. How has your business managed to manage the situation so well and manage it as an opportunity being online rather than what it could have been, which is a huge challenge? What what have you done that other businesses could learn from?
1: Well, I, I... I think we've been lucky, really, again, because back in 1995, I've got this as a vivid memory, our IT department at the time was three people, and they were the other side of my office. There was a glass wall between us. And one of them, a guy who still works with us, Sean Whetstone, came into my office and said, James, I think we should have a website. And I remember saying, what's that? And um, he attempted to describe what a website was. An IT contractor who was working for us at the time um, had suggested... We should have a website and, and offered to build it for us. This IT contractor, when he wasn't building websites, was doing children's parties as Pancake the Clown. And um, the, the, the truth of the matter is we got Pancake to build our first prototype, which was read.co.uk. And that was um, very interesting because we started um, developing it in the spring of 1995. And in the summer of 1995, I went back to my business school in the States for fifth, my first fifth year reunion. And what was amazing is 20% of my classmates were doing jobs that didn't exist five years before when we graduated, and they were all around the Internet. And I came back to London thinking this is something that we should seriously invest in and take seriously, and we did. And we started developing our website, and we launched the new site at a cafe just behind Tottenham Court Road that was called Siberia. It was all cyberspace in those days and And I'll never forget the launch we had this rather clunky website, and quite a few journalists were interested. And you sort of pressed a button and five jobs came up, or a bit of information about one of our business specialisms would come up and um And journalists wrote about it, and one of them asked a competitor of ours alfred marx you know what what do you think about this and and um the marketing director of Alfred Marx said, oh, it's just a gimmick, you know we're not taking that seriously at all. And the interesting thing is Alfred Marx doesn't exist anymore; they've been taken over. And uh, our web business uh, is now the number one in Europe. So we like to think, you know, if the
0: bus looks like it's going somewhere interesting, get on it. Uh, And that's leadership, isn't it? Because frankly, you could have said, I haven't got a clue. You could have followed up with what's that with no thank you because it looks gimmicky and and been a bit bit narrow-minded. Have you applied that? I imagine you have, Have you? and and, and if so, how? That openness and that sense of, I wonder what's over there. How have you kept that excitement for the business?
1: Well, I'm a curious person. So if someone starts talking about something that I don't know about, I want to know more about it rather than pretend I know it all and I'm not an ignorant person. (laughs) So I think you can't be both, can you? And So so, so I'm a curious person. And there have been quite a few conversations. And I think it's important in business to be open to people who've got something to say, whether it's something to ask or something to suggest. Mm. And we try and create a culture in our business where people feel comfortable doing that. So, you know, we've had, we, we have a read uh, scheme where people put in ideas and um, we award them, you know, it's quick and dirty, but if it's a good idea and we think we're going to implement it, we award them a, a financial reward. I've just run a new read competition for apps. You know, everyone's creating apps at the moment. We've got masses of ideas from all over the group that I've got to wade through and consider, but they're fantastic. And um, we, we had several ideas since, you know, around the internet, one of which we awarded £100,000 to. It was such a good idea from within our group. So we like to say a team is a genius, and you've got to tap
0: into that team. <laughs> we'll have a final chat with James Reed, my business shaper today, plus play a track from Shaper of Jazz, Takuya Koroda. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Rea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Rising Sun from Takuya Kuroda. Just for a few more minutes, James Reed is my business shaper. He is the chairman of the Reed Group of Companies. Your business is very big. You have lots of people that work with you as co-members, as you call them. You have a turnover of a billion pounds. You stretch across over um, 150 locations a- around the world. How do you do your job? What are the most important elements that enable you to keep sight of what's important and not get lost in huge amounts of detail or indeed at the other end of the spectrum huge amounts of 33,000 feet sort of navel-gazing?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, sometimes I'll go into an office, I visit our offices unannounced um, and, and members of the team will ask me, what exactly do you do, James? So <laughs> it Sounds like that sort of question. Um, I think there are three things as as the chairman of a company that are particularly close to my heart and that's people, strategy and culture and I'm responsible ultimately for those and it all starts and ends with people and the most important thing I can do is bring good people into the business or ensure that we are bringing good people into the business and that we let them get on with their job that's the most important thing and then I've got to be the custodian of the culture because our culture is fairly unique You know, we talked about the charity and the, the philanthropy and the values of the business and and they are unique and they're precious to us so I look after that and then with my management team we create the strategy and then I've got to make sure that we follow it through and that's it's easy to have ideas and plans it's often more difficult to make them happen so a big part of my role is is going around meeting people in the business um, talking to them talking to customers finding out how we're how we're doing and I find by doing that I get three things ideas which are very important Information, which is also very important, but also inspiration from the people that are in our team mm. and 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 it's just as important for a business leader to be inspired as it is to inspire um, one feeds the other, and lots of people look for inspiration from business leaders, but if they're not getting it from the people they're with They're not likely to give much.
0: And thinking about the business in general, not just the re-business, but the world of recruitment and the way it's fundamentally shifted in terms of methodological approaches to to, to finding jobs and, and so on and so forth, how will you be shaping the business itself as an industry over the next few years? what I really hope we will do more and more successfully f- for
1: our customers, ultimately the candidates who are applying for work and our clients, is, is connect people more and more efficiently so that individuals can find meaningful work that is important and fulfilling for themselves. And, and, th- and that's ultimately what we're about. And, and it's the new technologies are, are just a means to that, that end. So we have millions of applications, 40 million in a year, through the website. And what I want to make sure is that is that that works for you know the individuals applying, and and for the employers who are recruiting, so making the, so continually improving the service to both is a priority for us.
0: And just before I ask your song choice, you, you look like someone who enjoys themselves, who's in kind of in a happy place. Have you? Would you describe yourself as a happy gem, someone that really? Does it does sound like it fuels you? It does sound like it feeds you. This business, and it must give you great pride that it's a family business as much as anything else. Well, I enjoy life,
1: uh, and and I think it's important, you know, that people do, and that people enjoy work, which is why our you know, our slogan is Love Mondays. You know, we want people to go into work and feeling that's a place they want to be. And if they don't feel it's a place they want to be, then they should come to us, and we'll help them find somewhere else. <laughs> so yes, yeah, you've so got I- a
0: plug as well. I can't <laughs> believe it. Shameless, fantastic. Uh, just before I let you go, James, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it?
1: Uh, my song choice is, is, is uh, "Big Boss Man" by Jimmy Reed. Um, Jimmy Reed came to my attention because he shares the same name. And um, when I started listening to his music, I just thought it was fantastic. And uh, he's a fantastic blues singer. And um, the song I like because it's it, it's funny. People make jokes about it. But it's actually a song about a guy who's not that happy in his job. He says his boss man ain't just big. He's just tall or something. And, and it, what he's really looking for is another job. And people change jobs usually because they don't want to work for the person they're working
0: for so it seems fitting Fantastic James thank you very much for being my business shaper this is your choice it's Jimmy Reed and Big Boss Man
2: Big Boss Man Can't you hear me
0: That was Big Boss Man from Jimmy Reed. the song choice of my business shaper today, James Reed. What an intelligent, humble, and completely clear-thinking chairman of a company he was. An absolute pleasure to talk to him and hear his insights into the world of business. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday, 9am, here on Jazz FM. In the meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In
2: partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.